0: Advice you can understand. So here's a thought. A meaningful life isn't out of reach. Preaching to a room of intellectuals for a TED Talk, touring the Bahamas on a private yacht, trophies and life achievements overflowing from your office shelf and up to your arms in beautiful-looking offspring beside your beautiful partner in a beautiful McLaren on the way to your family lunch, who are also quite beautiful. Beautiful. Welcome to our contemporary view of what a meaningful life is supposed to look like. This image is so idyllic. It's so procured, so romanticised that even just the image of it is enough for your knees to go weak and the words, Yas, papi, to emerge from your mouth. It's one of the must-haves. I hate myself for saying that. One of the must-haves on our lengthy list of requirements for a modern culture, a meaningful life. It's marketed to us as a, a barometer of what having a successful existence is supposed to look like. It preys on our insecurities of of not making the most of the time that we have. And it constantly reminds us of that fear of being an elderly person, knowing that we can't turn back the clock and do things over again. So it's no wonder that so many of us just feel shit, frustration, discontent and anxiety over the current state of our life. I mean, we're chilling in this disgusting stew of heightened uncertainty about what our life is supposed to be. And at the same time, stoking the very same fires of that stew is all the modern marketing, parading an image of a meaningful life like the one I mentioned earlier. That image, by the way, is not only bordering on fantastical, But it also goes against the central core tenets of what a meaningful life actually is. It's not a lofty goal uh, reserved for the elite business moguls, uh, people with rich mummies and daddies, or that guy at the gym that's got a body like an Adonis. No, it's for those who aren't experiencing any relative career success. It's for those struggling financially, and for those who have a body like a pasty wrinkled Vladimir Putin. Riding a horse. (laughs) Shooting a gun. Invading Ukraine, probably. (coughs) Everyone has access to a meaningful life. Not the idyllic bullshit one, but an actual meaningful life. And you can start right now. We've just been looking at it and starting in the wrong place to find it. Shakyamuni Buddha was born into a life of pleasure, peace and, and prosperity as a prince. In an Indian royal family in 623 BC, this man had literally everything he ever wanted. Food, wine, the latest hot rod two-seater chariot furnished in a gorgeous sandalwood and hooked up to a piping hot thoroughbred. it was it his. But one day, at the age of 29, riding through his hometown on one of these chariots, he witnessed the true extent, the reality of human suffering. Famine, disease, death. He was shocked and also embarrassed with just how false his worldview had actually been. This luxury and prosperity that thrived for him behind the palace walls seemed to be a facade. Out here, the world was a truly desolate and despairing scene. The experience he had was was so confronting, so life-changing, that he immediately denounced his position, left the palace, and became a homeless yogi. Hey, boo-boo. Slumming in the street in an attempt that he hoped he'd gain some sense of understanding of what life actually was. But after years of doing this and and chatting to a number of teachers to try and educate him about life, he he got nowhere. Guilt was still in his heart. And all that changed was that he now was also filthy and hungry. Hello, picnic basket. So frustrated, the now 34-year-old former prince decided he'd do something even more desperate. He travelled to the region of Gaya, Siddhartha, and sat under a neighbouring Bodhi tree, vowing that he would not get up. Until he reached enlightenment. Now legend has it that 49 days later, sitting under this very tree, he gained enlightenment. A true understanding of what life actually meant and our place within it. Which he summed up in four truths. These have not only become the basis of modern day Buddhism, but what a meaningful life actually is. Thousands of people make pilgrimages to this region every single year. And and then hundreds of thousands of people read books based on... Buddha's teachings in the hope of one day achieving this greater sense of meaning. But none of these lessons from Shakyamani Buddha were about how important you were or how much coin you had in the bank, nor what you'd achieved or how many relationships you'd had. Actually, they were the opposite. They all revolved around the inevitability of pain in this world and a sense of meaning that actually came from transforming one's internal world to let go and achieve inner peace. To put this into perspective, the crowning meaning of Shakyamuni Buddha's life, the the creme de la creme of his existence, the cherry on top of the cake of life, the soft, supple breeze of discovery upon the exposed skin of... I'm going over the top with this again, I know. The meaning was that he, an unemployed 35-year-old homeless and penniless man, sat under a tree for a month and discovered his own sense of peace. Let me just say that one more time. The meaning of his life was that this 35 year old homeless and penniless man sat under a tree for a month and a half and discovered his own sense of peace. Now there's a reason why this sounds so bizarre and why we find it hard to pull ourselves away from this idyllic, romanticised view of what a meaningful life is supposed to be, because outside of Buddhism, the meaning of life has been marketed to us for decades. It's not something that's simple or or unglamorous. It's actually something that's been shown to us as almost god given. I mean, we think the meaning of life is is an achievement, an accumulation, a discovery so monumental that it is enough to add meaning to our entire existence. Uh, an American philosopher, Robert Nozick, actually summed this up really well. He said, "People think of life's meaning in terms of an intense relationship with." with. with something greater than oneself, a transcending of the limits of your own value. It's part of the reason why most of us come up with an almost ludicrous, unreachable image of what our life is supposed to mean. But as little Buddha discovered all those years ago under the Bodhi tree in Gaya Siddhartha, it was something much more in tune with the relationship that we have with our inner self that allows us to access more meaning in our life. So on the basis of that understanding, and because I'm a hypocrite and realised I've inadvertently just ripped off one of the greatest spiritual minds of our lifetime, here are my four practical truths of how you can live a more meaningful life that all revolve around this relationship with your inner self. So having said that, starting at number one, uh, and I should forewarn you as well, if I know him as well as I think I do, audio producer Tim is probably going to go a bit OTT every single time we mention one of these. So... Sorry. Truth number one. <laughs> Values. Emily S. who is the author of The Power of Meaning, recounted a really amazing moment when she spoke to a, a young woman that was working at the local zoo. Now, objectively, this woman's job was literally walking around and, and cleaning up after the animals when they had a cheeky poo. Now, to you and me, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Unless... It's one of those massive-looking pieces of dinosaur excrement that we saw Dr Alan Grant frothing over in 93's Jurassic Park. But then that one, because that's not real. Cool story, Rory. Great contribution. So it's hard to get excited when contemplating cleaning up unless it's Jurassic Park, a copious amount of number twos around the local zoo. But when Miss Smith asked this young woman who worked at the zoo about why she chose to do it, she summarised the following... She said keeping the yard and stalls clean was important as that helps the animals and her goal every day was to make sure they enjoy their environment and part of that is keeping a clean place to live, she went on. She valued not cleaning up animal waste but looking after the animals and ensuring that she's doing everything to keep their life enriching and as satisfying as possible. Values describe the personal qualities that we choose to embody to guide our actions, the sort of person that we want to be, the manner in which we treat ourselves and others, and, well, the general interaction with the world around us. In short, they provide the general guidelines for conduct. Now, every single one of us is different. We have unique values to each other, so some things, yes, may align closely to others, but the fundamental uniqueness of each individual is what they truly value. And following your values and working to be that person that deep down you truly want to be adds an incredible amount of direction to your life. If you value being a compassionate, caring person, every single time you do this, you will add meaning to your life. If you value being a hard-working, driven person, every time you do this, you will add meaning to your life. If you value forgiveness and compassion to others, every time you do this will add meaning to your life. If you value being a Dungeons & Dragons master in your Dungeons & Dragons basement with all your Dungeons & Dragons buddies just slaying dragons and getting coin to splurge on your Dungeons & Dragons bling, you will add meaning to your life. It doesn't get more simple than this. Any and every value-guided action that you partake in is going to add meaning to your life. Yeah, it's not as as flashy as the super yacht or the the Nobel Peace Prize, but because value-guided actions are effectively nurturing and growing your relationship with your inner self, it adds tremendous meaning to your life. And you can do this right now. Just imagine what you'd want to be remembered for, what sort of person people would have said you were, what you value, what you stood for, and then just work every day to align yourself with these things. Super meaningful and very easy to start doing. Second practical truth... Experiences. For the non-finesse version, fuck your feelings, focus on experiences. And for the finessed version, fuck your feelings and focus on experiences. When you are 90 and you're sitting in a park and you're feeding the ducks in between your frequent tarry to the GP about which potential life-threatening illness you might be having next, you're not going to be reflecting on all the purely comfortable innocent thoughts that you experienced, like puppies, the color blue, or Elon Musk's seemingly regrowable hairline. Nor are you going to be reflecting on all the purely uncomfortable thoughts that you experienced, like, I suck, I'm a loser, or I hope these mysterious looking insects on my pubic hair weren't crabs. You are going to be reflecting on the experiences that you had during your life. One of the most common regrets of people entering their twilight years is that they didn't experience enough when they were younger. They said they were safe and comfortable rather than stepping out and experiencing more of what life had to offer. When we say experiences here, we're not talking about, you know, bungee jumping off a bridge into the crystal blue waters of a Norwegian fjord or canoeing around the world. We're talking about opening yourself to the experiences of life, which is both comfortable ah, and uncomfortable. Thoughts and feelings. Often, our need to feel good keeps us locked away inside the comfort zone. A comfortable cushioned space of predictability and certainty. I fucking love the comfort zone. So this is coming from me. But often this is actually far away from the actual person that we want to be. All the things that we want to see and do. And similarly, our anxiety about trying new things or going to new places or meeting new people can actually keep us away from taking risks and seeing the world. But when push comes to shove and you reflect on a period of your life, you are not going to be fondly reminiscing over those comfortable uh, thoughts. You are going to be reflecting on those experiences that you had, both the good and the bad. When I was in my 20s, I worked as a ski instructor for Schussure Arleberg in Austria. And one night after... What were they called? Party Islands. After a few too many... They were cocktails. After a few too many Party Islands, I threw up on the resort owner's car park, I smashed a snow globe, I walked on it, tread blood all through the apartment and then threw up in my bed and then passed out in the same bed. Um, So for the next month I had to get up at five o'clock in the morning every single day, which isn't too bad except that it's minus 14 degrees at the height of winter, in snowstorms and I had to clean the entire building before the start of the day's business and then teach a full day of lessons. Now in that moment, that fucking sucks. <laughs> it was awkward and chock full of uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. And everyone kept calling me Mr Party Island Guy. But looking back in hindsight, that uncomfortable experience was one of the fondest memories of my 20s. I love telling that story. And apparently they do too. Every single year at, uh, at the team meeting, they sit around a campfire and tell the story of this Australian kid in 2014 that couldn't handle his liquor. The experiences that you have yesterday, today, tomorrow, these are going to shape the sort of person that you are to become. So if you want to build and have a meaningful life, you need to have meaningful experiences. Amelia Theresa Harper, who at the time of saying what I'm about to say was in living in London, in the UK, and she was 106 years old. She said this, I've done practically everything that I ever wanted to do in the past. I've got beautiful memories, you know, and I can live happily forever because of my lovely memories. Practical truth number three. passions. The most important thing in life is that you do whatever it is that you want to do, you know? And if that means living in Russia and selling stereos on the side of the street, then who cares, bro? A friend of mine told me this around five years ago. This was after his fourth change of career. Now he started off as a ballet dancer touring the world as part of the Cats musical entourage. Uh, From there he became a security guard working in a couple of Sydney's notorious nightclubs. He had this deep scar on his forearm from um, a patron I think he stabbed him one night. Then a personal trainer and a skinfold expert helping professional athletes maintain a a healthy body composition for their professional work and then finally when I met him uh, he was a professional jiu-jitsu martial arts fighter having won three regional gold medals. And when I asked him one day over at Beveragino why he changed careers from a personal trainer to a martial artist. He looked at me like I was on another planet. After all, I was an ignorant 24-year-old, you know, very self-assured that you just stuck to one career and then pushed away all other interests that you might have. And he said to me, If you truly want to use the best of the gifts and talents that you've been given and just, like, make the most of your life, you've got to invest time, right, in whatever it is you enjoy. You'll make memories with like-minded people, you'll have the greatest chance of success, and you'll live a life worth living. So the most important thing in life is that you do whatever it is you really want to do, and if that means living in Russia and stealing stereos on the side of the street, then who cares, bro? I think Wilfred was his name. (laughs) I mean, with a name like Wilfred, you, you know, you wouldn't be surprised, but I have no idea where he is now, but I'll never forget what he said that day. If you want to live a meaningful life, you need to invest your energy into the things that you feel the most passionate about. It is a must. In fact, it's one of the most important things on this list. Your passions are so important because they are quintessentially you. Just like your values, that they are something that makes you entirely unique to every single other person you encounter. They are what makes your existence special. You know, those things that effortlessly bring you an almost childlike sense of curiosity and joy and, and fascination. The things that prompt you to pick up a book or look up a news article or, or watch a video or just play around in your spare time with so you can expose yourself a little bit more and experience a little bit more about them. Sometimes you might deem these passions insignificant or irrelevant because they're not your primary source of financial income, or people might disregard them. But engaging in these passions, even in the smallest way, creates such a sense of meaning and purpose to your life, your existence on this planet. So you owe it to yourself to pursue these things, to play around with them, to devote time to them and continue to experience them despite whether you can see their short-term potential socially, financially, or even culturally in the future. I can tell you that by spending time with your passions, it's likely that they will manifest into something greater with more potential and influence to your life. But for now, who gives a shit? Because passions cultivate a sense of meaning to your life and they breed long-term purpose to your existence. So even if it's in Russia and you're selling stereos on the side of the street, if you're passionate about that, who cares? Do it. Practical truth. Relationships. Lael Sokolov was an Austro-Hungarian-born Slovak that survived three hellish years in Nazi Germany's notorious concentration camp, Auschwitz, during the Second World War. Afforded a greater level of freedom due to his job as the tattooist, Lael managed to strike up a relationship with an outside labourer who visited the camp semi-daily as part of a work detail smuggling jewellery given to him by prisoners inside Auschwitz, Lale would routinely risk his life trading with the labourer in return for food and medical provisions which he then distributed among his fellow prisoners. If there's one thing that you take away from this entire episode today, let it be this. The meaning of life is to make other people's lives more meaningful. Lale Sokolov knew it The Centarians that still survive today, they know it. Even the Dalai Lama has commented on it. A sense of well-being for others is a key factor of individual peace of mind, he said. That's because as human beings, we are incredibly social creatures. And even, you know, your introvert mate Derek, whose pasty white skin still hasn't seen the light of day in 23 years, he would admit that we do feel the need to belong to other people. or be around other people not only that, to feel like others belong to us, that others rely on us to make their lives more meaningful. It's why mothers and fathers willingly go to work every day to support their family. It's why we willingly jump on a plane and spend exuberant fees to attend a friend's wedding. It's why a whopping 60% of employees believe that their co-workers are the biggest contributor to their happiness at work because a mutual sense of care understanding and appreciation of our relationships gives us a tremendous sense of meaning in our day-to-day life and it's not like you only get this sense of meaning from cemented relationships not at all I mean, you can cultivate this with anyone that you come into contact with a newspaper are them newspaper vendors a newspaper vendor a local barista or even a a stranger on on the street handing out coupons these micro-connections are also sources of meaning that we can all tap into to lead a deeper and richer lives for ourselves if you don't believe me next time you see some poor bastard and believe me I used to do this trying in vain to hand out flyers on a busy shopping center crosswalk willingly go across and walk up to him or her smile and take one from them and say thank you and just wait and see what happens next you'll feel more meaning in that one moment than a lifetime in a dead-end job So what's the answer then? Do you just go out and force relationships to top up your meaning tank? If you have no friends, should you just run up and hug random people until it's weird and yell at people across the street? Hey, be my friend, please! No! That would be creepy. You creep? No, it's just... Firstly, to help you recognize how important those existing relationships that you have are, especially the ones that you may have been neglecting, and also how powerful just even the most organic, natural, fleeting connection can be to adding a sense of meaning to your life. So wrapping all of this up, there's no outrageous ideas or, or terrifying pie charts or line graphs. It's just four simple ways to add meaning to your life for practical truths. Because adding meaning to your life isn't supposed to be some overinflated, unimaginable, sudden realization that you stumble upon that changes your entire life. These are what we've just said are straightforward ideas. They've been said before by others. They no doubt will be said again in the future. And they're things that you can do right now and make a difference to your life today or tomorrow if you're lazy like me. Reconnect with your values, be open to life's experiences. Pursue your passions, nurture your relationships. So here's a thought, a meaningful life isn't out of reach.